This is a casual yet friendly reminder that you miss out on the episode right before this one, because this is part two. So go back and listen to episode 44 of First Class Counselors to catch up on what you're going to listen when you get to this episode, episode 45, on walking through camp schedule and the best things we've seen, or whatever our title might be when this airs. (laughs) This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and -and up-and-coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on-the-ground staff, camp directors can rest easy knowing that our campers are having the true life-changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv. Hello, Camp Pros. This is Oliver Gregan. My pronouns are he, him, executive director of YMCA Camp Winona in the Leon Springs, Florida. And my name is Matt Wilford. My pronouns are also he, him. I'm the executive producer of podcasting at Go Camp Pro, and you are listening to First Class Counselors. This is a series for camp directors to give to their counselors as they hire and prepare them for the upcoming summer. And blah, blah, blah. You've listened to this in part one, but you know that great camp directors know that great counselors have the most important job at camp. And their abilities make or break a camper's week, and they hold the keys to a camper coming back year after year. And that's why we do what we do here on First Class Counselors. Yeah, we cover one specific topic and cover the essentials as fast as we can. It's the need to knows. They can't go without. The fundamentals. The basics. And we're back for part two, everybody. Last time we ran through the camp schedule from wake up to siesta, and now we're going to dive into the rest of the day. So siesta's over. Mail call just got finished off. We're heading out for activity number two. So my advice here is like Matt and I are right now, we're on time. We do not make any excuses for being late after siesta. Y'all just rested for an hour and a half or whatever it might be. Whatever your cabin rest period time is, be on time to your next activity. There's nothing more frustrating than being a person who is standing there going, what are they doing? Where are they? What what is taking so long? They're coming from siesta. Nothing worse than waiting after siesta. It's it grinds my gears. Grinds my gears. Matt, Ooh, what do you got? No, knowing knowing what grinds your gears, your director's gears is a great just tip in general. And then just not doing that because every director has their own has their own thing. Uh, okay. In activity two, so my, my in my first activity block, I talked about offering long group programs, the ones that you do over a couple of days. For this one, I'll give you another kind of structure that even you can do as a counselor, even if your camp doesn't do this, is just making sure that there is some free choice available to kids and that they can choose what session they want to go to at a certain time. And this especially goes to out to day camps or to camps that do cabin-based programming where they travel in their cabins. I know there's still some camps out there that do that. So giving kids some autonomy in what they want to do is a really powerful thing. And you can do this on a small scale. As, as a counselor, you can say to you know two other cabins that have counselors in them, and you can say, hey, during this session block on this day, do you want to do a free choice thing where our campers can choose which activity they want to go to that we are going to run? You're, you don't want to involve the program staff in this. So it's not like Rockwall, Waterfront, and um, 
another like equestrian stuff, like any kind of specialty things that require specialty equipment or staff. It's things that you can do as a counselor. So maybe you're trained in archery and you can lead an archery session, or maybe you can, this is your opportunity to go back again and listen to our planning perfect programs episode and do something you're passionate about and let the kids come and sign up for those. If you're going to do that, a couple of pro tips, do it more than once in case one of the things is super popular and kids want to go to, um, there's not enough people, not enough space for kids to go to it, or they can do it more than once. If there's two activities they're super excited about, um, or, you know, just give kids a heads up uh, ahead of time of what the activities are going to be. And you can do your own little pre sign up, um, which is what a lot of camps do on a bigger scale when it comes to the free choice program. But the, the idea behind giving kids choice, like we've said many times on the podcast is that it helps with their behavior because they are choosing where they want to go. And therefore they have a little bit of a bit more autonomy and stake in the session uh, that they're at. So their behavior goes down because you're not forcing them to be somewhere they don't want to be. No, that's great advice. Um, after we finish activity two, we go to our snack time. Um, so here at camp, they sometimes can go to the trading post uh, if, they're, if they're assigned time to go to the trading post or they're getting their snack kind of handed out um, to them. And we do pre-orders with our snacks. So all of our kids at the beginning of the week write down what they want from their snacks and then a leadership staff member fills it out each day. Um, so they fill a little bucket and the bucket goes to the campers, they get their snack. So explaining how our snack works, I think is important because it lets you know that with snack, there's trash, right? People are going to eat an apple and there's going to be an apple core on the ground or orange peels, or it might be like a candy day. And all of a sudden there's a bunch of snicker wrappers or pre-sun packets um, all over the place. So it's really important for you as a counselor to make sure that that trash is getting picked up. Um, But also for your campers, that they're part of that cleanup process. I know that I've talked about bendos on this show before. So it's all about bending over to pick it up. So we call them bendos because it's fun to do. It's an activity. Um, and you can collect vendors for points and all this kind of stuff. So make that part of snack is that campers know they got to clean up afterwards and then they check an area after they finish snack times, right? You call everybody in, you're like, all right, we're going to head to our next activity as we're heading out. Everyone, please make sure to pick up two bendos as we leave. So we leave it cleaner than we arrived, um, which is always great. Uh, mm. And I think that's just an awesome way to teach responsibility. Um, do it, clean up after snack. And uh, a real shout out to some old staff members of mine who once upon a time like took this really to heart and they got another trash can and one trash can was for like compost and the other was for like non-compostable, non-compostable, combustible trash, whatever I'm trying to say, can't do it. Uh, so then they started getting campers involved in dividing the two different types of trash so that it could be recycled or composted mm. or thrown to where it needed to be. And it was just so awesome good. because it started in like session one, like the second or third week of camp. And then it continued for the entirety of summer, um, which was amazing. It didn't stick with just that one session. So it was great. I love, we, again, I talk about like all the episodes that we could do, but like things that have started a movement at camp, right? We In last episode, um, I shared about the team gagaball uh, kind of thing, but, but like recycling movements started at camp is totally a fun, uh, fun thing. That's brilliant. Hats off to them. Uh, in my experience with snack time, our, our snack, we didn't have a, a trading poster where kids could get candy and stuff. It was usually just the kitchen staff would make something, something, you know, as easy as like frozen grapes or it, there's a fruit bowl out and snack was kind of a chill experience where people were just, um, you know, getting what they needed and then, um, 
there was some milling around time. Again, we, we try not to put too much structure into it, but it was about, you know, 15 to 20 minutes on, on most days. So for me as a counselor, that was a great opportunity where I would do one-on-one check-ins with campers. And that is an opportunity where I told campers that it was happening and I made up a little schedule and let them choose their time. And so they knew, okay, Wednesday snack, that's my check-in time with Iscus. And we're going to just see how the day is going. I have some standard questions that I ask. What's your energy level like? You know, how are you doing? You, you know, who's someone you really got to know this week? What are you grateful for? Just some small little things to make sure that I'm making some one-on-one time with campers. Because I, I find that when I was a, ca- a counselor, I didn't do that enough. That's something I wish that I did more. When our camp sessions were only a week long, it felt so fast that I never really felt like I got to... Sometimes I felt like I didn't really get to intimately know a camper on a level that I wanted to. So leveraging times like snack time or free time or transitions to run some one-on-one check-ins can be a really powerful way to help show a camper that you really care about them and that they are cared for at camp, which which is we know is really critical for some kids. Okay. Yeah. Uh, getting those check-ins with campers is really important. I know we always try to do it with staff, um, but getting a one-on-one check-in with camper uh, time, that's just as important. And it's almost the same thing that we see when we say get your one-on-one check-ins with staff members that we know we struggle for. So um, I think that is a great point, Matt. Um, talking about those connections, though, we're going to head to our cabin challenge of the day. So with us here at Camp Bonota, this is an, an activity that is designed so that the cabin is together as a group. Um, instead of getting split and going amongst camp. So um, we do both where they get that free choice uh, activity they get to do, but also these cabinet challenges. And because of that focus, I say this is a little bit strange, but avoid inter-cabin competition. So don't set your uh, don't set your campers all the time in a competition with each other, right? So, you know, you don't have to do a basketball game that's two against two or, or you know, one side of the cabin versus the other side of the cabin because you're pitting them against each other. And while it is important for them to learn about how to compete um, with their friends and not be sore losers about it, if things don't go well or to play by the rules and play a respectful game, sometimes it's just a lot easier for you to say, all right, let's play against another cabin. Let's all team up and work together. Or, Hey, here's a problem. We're going to go out team building and we're going to solve this problem together. So make sure you are taking that time to make sure that they are working together as a team during this cabin challenge. And it might be something like going canoeing, right? It It's found all over camp. Really what I'm looking for for a first class, first class counselor is for you to look at the situation and go, all right, how can I make sure my kids are bonding during this cabin challenge time? Um, and there's so many ways to do it, but your focus just needs to be on it and you're intentional in that moment. It sounds like what you're saying, Oliver, is that during that time, you kind of have to be a little bit flexible and receptive to what your cabin needs. Is that is that right? Oh, 100%. And as a counselor, you should always be flexible and mm-hmm. responsible. Right, right. So it makes me think of like, you know, if, if my group of, of, of you know, 12 year old girls is having trouble, um, you know, communicating nicely to each other or something like that. That's an opportunity to do a team building game where they have to communicate nicely to each other, or they have to work together to solve a challenge or a time to spend on some gratitude stuff together. Um, so 
you can use it to be receptive to what they need in that moment and do it as a, a cabin. And the important thing with this time is if your if your camp runs a free choice model uh, for programming all the time where kids don't have to be travel around with their cabin, this is the time to be together, right? We talked last ep last episode, I think it was you, Oliver, you shared what a shame it was for some campers who left camp and didn't know the kids' names, like didn't know each other's names in their cabins. Like that should never, ever happen. So this is the opportunity to do something epic and awesome. And for me, if I had this time, I would use it to play up that mystery of the day. Back in the first episode, right, I talked about waking up with a mystery, using codes and secrets to kind of buy into some camp magic. This is your time. You have a whole hour and a little bit, uh, approximately, to do something that is going to maybe resolve the mystery of the day, unless if you don't want to resolve it later on at night, um, or it could be a time that has led up to this awesome epic scavenger hunt or whodunit game or something like that where the kids have to work together have fun and solve a problem so use this as a great leverage time for that camp magic that you've been setting up intentionally earlier in the day or the week yeah and um going back to what matt was saying a little bit about having that flexibility and if you have that cabin of girls who's maybe being um a little bit rude to each other or manners might be an issue um, this can be used not just for girls, but boys as well, but having a tea party or a gathering or a dinner, something where like manners have to be a huge part of it. And everyone has to follow their manners and be respectful and responsible. I've mm. seen that as an activity, as a cabin challenge that some of my staff have run in the past. And it's a great way to be like, well, we're going to be proper. And if we're going to be proper, um, these are the ways that we need to treat each other or act at the table. And it's also a great way to make sure that the dining hall gets some manners, um, running in it as well. So you'll see some people who might be um, eating with the proper fork in the future. <laughs> um, so once we wrap up those activities, we head out to flagpole number two, or as we affectionately call it, evening flagpole. Um, and my advice for you is to bring something to flagpole, something big or something new, something blue, bring something found or all bound, look strange and have range, bring reason to talk or to stare, give flagpole a little flair if you dare. So it's a rhyme and to make sure you don't forget that you can bring something special. So uh, sometimes we would do this kind of as a theme at one camp that I worked at, and it was just, you know, your cabin would get this weird assignment to make, make sure that they stood out at flagpole. Hmm. So they would bring like a canoe to flagpole, or they would like paint someone all blue, or they would all come tied together, or they would all be crawling on the ground to flagpole. And it was just a way that when they entered, everyone was like, what is going on? What, like, what is this? And it's an inside joke for that cabin that they really enjoy. And it's a show that they put on for everybody else. And it's just one of those things that makes evening flagpole a little bit more fun. And it really, this is so important. It really proves to everybody at camp that fun is being had, right? Because you're seeing right. these right. people who are coming in with this canoe or they're coming in with all these weird little things going on or weird big thing and they go oh wow this is a place where people have fun i'm a part of this fun i am laughing at what is going on right now and it is meant to be harmless it's not a prank you're not mm. pulling a prank on anybody um, mm. you are just showing some weird form of enjoyment at doing something strange and i love it so um if i ever see someone like do something strange as long as they put it back the camp director and me coming out again um <laughs> Or as long as they clean up their mess, I'm all for this idea. Um, it is great. Also, as long as everyone is a part of it as well. I want everyone to buy in. And that's important. Mm. 
I, I want to, I just, I want to see that. That's so cool. Uh, just to like see a whole cabin of kids just meowing their way up to flagpole. And I should give some context because I actually didn't know what the, why there was an evening flagpole at Oliver's camp. And he explained it to me um, as just a time to give announcements before you get into the hustle and bustle of the dining hall. So if there were any announcements to set up the rest of the day, any important things to share, that was the time to do it before the dining hall. And however your camp runs it, that's just a cool opportunity for people to get together. My camp uh, growing up, we, before meals, we would always line up in our cabin lines and just sing camp songs. There were always the fast camp songs that you'd only sing during camp we sang all the time at my camp, which I loved because music was really big for me. But you could also treat this as an opportunity to do a sing-off or a cheer-off um, with other cabins. Some time to bring some spirit in. You can share your cabin cheer that you've been working on throughout the week. Uh, or if you have special teams, like designated teams at your camp, this is a great time to show off those cheers and show off some enthusiasm, um, whether it's a competition or not. It's just a good way to kind of... Um, Make make a bit of a you know a fun moment and an auditory signal for other people that are like slow changing in their cabins. Like, oh my gosh, can you hear the cheer off? We got to get up to dinner and make sure we're on time. So serves two purposes in that way. Yeah. So uh, like we said, flagpole is right before we head off to dinner. Um, so we're gonna head on down to the dining hall and um, eat some grub. Now, when you get to the dining hall, like we talked about for all of our other meals, right? Like, make sure the kids are you know, staying seated, making sure that we are, you know, um, having those little conversations that we want to have, everything we talked about in our earlier episodes, um, which you can still go check out. Um, but at dinner, you have this big thing about to happen. You have evening program, the highlight of the day for most camps. Take that time to talk it up, make plans. What's your strategy going to be? You know, if it's a game that you play all the time, like maybe capture the flag, um, talk about like who's on offense, who's on defense you know how are you going to defend the flag where are some good places to hide it that those conversations get your kids excited um, to play the game and when they move out of dinner we're going to talk about free time in a little bit but if you talk up these things really really well it's great um, and with that being said if you're going the opposite way maybe that evening program is a little bit calmer maybe it's like movie under the stars that night right you're just going out, you're going to get to chill and relax and watch a movie with your campers so maybe it's just talking about how the day went with them at dinner. Like what activity did you get to get up to? Where did, were you at? Use that dinner time to talk about it because dinner is usually a little bit of time. So you can really use it to your advantage in that way. So um, that's what I like. I love having those conversations at dinner, but I love getting them excited for evening program. That's what I know I would always do as a counselor would be, oh man, I'm so excited for Capture the Flag. I hope we get um, east side of camp because if we're on east side, there's so many good hiding spots over there. Amazing. So dinner for me uh, is my one of my favorite things to do at camp is uh, eat food. But even more specifically, my favorite thing to do at camp is to eat delicious salad. One of my favorite things about camp, a lot of camps that they have a salad bar as an option. Um, if you either don't like the main course or you want some more veggies in your life, there's a salad bar that has a bunch of different toppings. I hope your camp has one. Camp directors who are listening out there, I know it's a little expensive on the budget line, but it is amazing amazing, amazing, especially for your staff who are vegetarians who don't just want to eat tofu all and beans all the time. So what I would do, and this kind of came up um, kind of impromptu because the campers kind of caught on that I really only ate salad during dinner um, because 
that's just kind of what I chose to do. We would have salad battles and our salad battles was who could make the coolest salad that day. So if, you know, Mondays was presentation day, who could make it look the best uh, day two was like, who could, uh, who had the perfect salad dressing to salad ratio, just fun, different ways to, and it encourages kids to eat their veggies. Um, or you could do maybe in like an iron chef dinner style thing where kids could try to make their plates in the neatest arrangement, obviously without wasting any food. Um, but just a fun way to, you know, you, they say you shouldn't play with your food, but as long as you're not wasting food, um, I think it's okay to play with your food a little bit. Yes. As my um, Italian heritage has taught me, if it goes on the plate, you eat it. Yes. Um, that was the rule. Yeah. Uh, all right. So dinner, dinner comes to an end. We've uh, had our Iron Chef dinner. We've had our salad battles and we're excited for evening program. And I think if you really talked up EP, uh, your kids might be really excited for what it is. So they might want to go and start getting ready for it, um, putting on some face paint or getting into whatever color clothes they, they need to for that evening program. But I think this is just an important time to also say, let them play some soccer, let them go and play some Gaga or volleyball. Um, let them just sit and talk for a little bit and just be a part of those conversations, be there uh, and be able to listen and hear them out if they want to have a conversation about how the day was. Because I think not every part of the day of camp needs to be an epic moment. That's what evening programs probably going to hopefully be later. But there can be some meaningful ones in those times of solace. So take advantage of them um, and sit and have those conversations. Um, I've seen a lot of counselors who will waste this time and they'll go and try and catch up with friends and such, which is great for relieving their stress and their self-care. But, you know, their campers might be talking about something that uh, you can have a real impact in at those times of the day. Um, you know, that's when they're, they're talking about some things that are important to them. They're catching up with their friends and you can just be there um, kind of like a fly on the wall um, and, you know, offer advice or just be there to get a better understanding of your kids. And I think that's really important. So that's my free time advice. Be there which is usually my advice for everything at camp, just be available and there. Totally. I think that um, I, I would agree with that. Just kind of milling about and and making sure that you can help out and, and be, we did a whole episode on, I think we called it super supervision, that this is the perfect time to practice those skills where you're just around, you're looking out for campers, you know, for if there's big competition happening or big emotions or a campers feeling left out, it's a great way to kind of swoop in and help guide them towards some more friends. You don't always need to put yourself at the center of the action. And you can sometimes. Uh, one of my favorite things to do, and you know, it was a bit different as a camp director because I know that I didn't necessarily have any other, you know, child watching responsibilities during that time. But I loved during free time just being, just saying, who wants to go for a hike? Who wants to go check out a camp trail that we don't often do? Because our free time was usually around half an hour, which is enough time just to go for a fifteen-minute romp through the bush, play a couple games, identify some trees. And that was the time of night when the deer would come out too. So maybe if we were quiet enough and far enough away from all the goings on at center camp, we could see a deer, which would be a great little memory for us to take away. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just that small little moment to bond with a group of kids that aren't necessarily in your cabin. Um, and as long as all your responsibilities are covered, go for it. Just do something small, something easy. And it might give kids a chance who need some of that structure um they might get nervous in those big social situations like free time can be and knowing to go with a safe trusted counselor will be a great benefit to them in that moment and just to make sure i add like a pretty cool magical moment to a free time period uh something i've loved and i've seen in the past is uh 
a staff member got a old carpet and put it out where we normally hold our free time out by like the Gaga pits and basketball courts. And they laid the carpet down on the ground and they got this old leather chair and then they dressed themselves up as an old man. Um, and they like came out with a cane and they sat down in the old chair and then everyone's like kids just naturally started gathering around. And then they just started telling this cryptic old man kind of story of their younger days which I'm pretty sure was just them rehashing the movie Secondhand Lions, which is a great movie if you've never seen it. Um, but it was just really funny because no one had, no one saw it coming. No one expected it. And it was just kind of there when we came down for free time. So uh, that's a cool, magical moment that you can do. And they can tell that story and keep some of the kids entertained for that, you know, 30 minutes that free time is happening before evening program. And then the great thing is because all those kids are focused on that one counselor who has them, you know, all focused in on the story. When it comes time to end, they just go, and that's time for me to go to bed. I'll see you all in the morning. And then they just <laughs> kind of like stand up and start to game walk away. And then the counselors can come in and gather all the kids and send them the evening program or whatever it might be. So or, or the old person gets up after telling the story and goes and plays basketball like a young person and just shocks all the kids. Um, that's, an, that's option number two. So uh, with that being said, though, we're going to go into the evening program and I'm going to become a lot less fun on this one. And it's just simply <laughs> listen to the rules. <laughs> oh, there's nothing. Uh, you explain the rules 15 times as a leadership person and kids keep raising their hands and asking more questions. But at that point, the counselor understands that like you understand what the rules are, but you're still letting your kid ask 15 questions because you just, you know, you have that kid in your cabin who asks 15 questions. So the whole camp is now getting held up on the start of evening program or your kids are like talking about the game like while they're trying to explain the rules and now no one can hear. Simply just walk over, sit next to your kids or call one over to you. Like just do this little like hand motions. Like, and get them separated from each other um, so that everyone can focus on what the rules are. Um, please, please, please do that. Uh, and then if your kid is raising their hand, but you understand the rules, just, you know, walk over, get them to put their hand down and just like, don't worry. I, I understand the rules. I'll explain to you in a moment when everybody else is done. Um, it will make camp so much more fun. I swear when the leadership staff member who may be in character uh, and standing in front of all of camp isn't answering a bunch of questions about the rules of the game, right? Uh, so try and keep that stuff off to the side so you can explain that tactfully. Or just wait till they're finished, right? And everyone's getting organized and ready to start the game. And then you can go over and kind of ask your question and get clarification on what the rules might be. Um, don't be overly competitive. Remember, it is still just a game, okay? You can be overly into the game and excited and playing a character or playing your part or getting your campers into it. But competitiveness, like my cabin has to win. Oh, if I'm a leadership staff member, I'm, I'm docking you points there on like good sportsmanship right away. So um, that, that's what we're looking for from our counselors is that ability to just listen to the rules, listen to the rules. Uh, Matt, what do you got? Dude, I, that listen to the rules one is, is so important. As a counselor, I often say that your job is to be the best audience member, right? Be the example of, of what an ideal listener would look like. And then because you're a super cool first-class counselor, kids will follow suit, 
Um, some kids won't, and you'll have to remind them, but some kids will follow suit uh, just because you're so cool. Uh, during evening program, again, this go- kind of ties into being the example. I loved evening program as a counselor because it was my chance to run around in the woods and like, you know, chase after kids, or I could run really fast and be competitive and be pretty hardcore about the game. And I learned over the years to be uh, contextually competitive and contextually hardcore about the game. So you want to make sure that you are showing kids what it looks like to be super invested and into the game um, and be competitive, but doing it in a way that doesn't ruin the experience for others. So you are not winning the game of capture the flag. Uh, you can help kids and, t- and do some strategizing and stuff like that, but let them lead and you can be competitive. And, and if that means, you know, being a little goofy with a friend that you're, you know, you're, you're never going to get me or something like that. As long as you're not being a jerk or, 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 or breaking any of your, the, how you speak to each other at camp conduct rules, it's great to really get into it because again, you show them the level that you want them to get to and you help them kind of get there just through your example. So be the example of enthusiasm, but be conscious about how you do that. Uh, Now we're going to start talking a little bit about going into those evenings after evening program. And we have a whole episode that is just dedicated to pretty much putting campers to bed. So please go and listen to that because there's even more advice on these topics right there. So (laughs) with that being said, we wrap up our evening program and we're going back to the cabins and one of the big events that we have in cabin and we put it on the schedule. That's it's that important for us here at Camp Winona is we have a cabin chat. It, it has to happen every single day. It doesn't always have to be this super serious life questioning chat though, right? You can have a fun versus a serious chat and you can really determine that on, you know, how are you opening this conversation? So sometimes if you want a more serious chat, you might say, who is your role model? Like, who do you look up to? Why do you look up? to them what makes them so special uh, in your life that you want to be like them okay that that can get pretty serious on the other side you can have some fun with these conversations right you can ask your campers you know uh, what's your plan in the case of a zombie survival right like what kind of weapon are you using are you like locking down are you going to be a nomad You you travel across america um do you have your list of zombie land rules that you follow? All those things are different ways you can have a lot more fun with those conversations. And that's just talking about zombie survival plans. You can ask other things like, um, you know, if you had three different types of animal parts that gave you superpowers, what would those parts be? Would you have wings like an eagle or gills like a shark? Or would you have teeth like a lion? you know, what would your things be? And you can have a lot more fun with those conversations and get some laughter in there. And really the kids kind of get to start breaking down about like, why would you pick gills of a shark? That's so weird. Like you want their (laughs) teeth, right? So you get to have great conversations like that. And they're not serious. It's almost like talking about sports, right? Like sports are there so we can enjoy them and watch and be entertained. Um, But it's not a life or death situation um, for us as fans. So, hmm. right, Matt, what are you doing in your cabin chat time? No, I, I like that, Oliver, because I like what you're saying that it doesn't always have to be something serious and it doesn't always have to be something goofy. And I would encourage you to have a little bit of self awareness as a counselor. You know, like, have you done six days of goofy stuff in a row and and could you push yourself to do something more meaningful and if that doesn't come naturally to you 
that's totally fine. You've got a camp full of people who might be a little bit different than you, and you can share ideas with other counselors to make sure that you are changing it up and not getting stuck in a rut of the things you've always done or the things you know you're good at because you want to grow as well too. With that, I'll give you a couple different uh, pieces of uh, a couple different tips that you can pick and choose from. Uh, one, it's another opportunity for gratitude. Last episode, we talked about gratitude journals, and this is a great time to fill it in. And kids can share if they want to or not. You can resolve your mystery of the day. Maybe there's like a lesson we learned along the way. Um, that's a great, maybe it's about your character skills or something that you believe in at your camp, and you can tie it nicely into that. Continue your one-on-one chats during that time. Maybe that's a, an opportunity you can do there or a little bit later. Um, add to your door tag. I think last in the last episode, I guess two episodes ago now, we talked about the door tag on your uh, on your front cabin door that has everyone's names on it. And I shared the idea that you could add to it with pictures or something fun or an inside joke that happened during that day. Maybe you make a cabin memory book, or if you are a camp where you take photos with your phone during the day, maybe share some of your favorite photos. Uh, I, I had a, a counselor who took Polaroids. They they had a Polaroid camera that that they just had tons of Polaroids for, not saying you need to go out and buy one, but a really cool thing they did was that they hung up the Polaroids from the day um, on their little like Polaroid clothesline in their cabin, which I thought was super, super cool. Uh, And those are just some different ways that you can add some intention to that chat time. All right. Um, Cabin chats are over. Maybe you're flipping this on your schedule. So maybe you're doing these first, but cabin chats and showers, right? So it's time to put everybody and get them clean. Um, at Camp Winona, we say everyone showers at least once a day, all right, because we don't want everyone smelling really gross or being dirty. So uh, my advice here is if you have music, um, if you're allowed to have some type of music playing device on speaker, you can play a song. Or if you have a music um, playing instrument, you can use that as well. And I usually say play a song or two per shower. So that way you're not taking too much time in the showers. Um, but campers also don't feel like they're getting rushed. They know they have the whole song or two to um, listen to, which is great. Um, but make sure that while you're in the showers, uh, you're trying to get through. Because if you have a bathhouse or something like that, there are other cabins that need to shower. Um, that time is precious. Um, and also, you don't want them wasting water, right? You want to teach them some, um, some respect for taking care of uh, the water consumption in the world, which is really important as well. So uh, if everyone holds back on that usage, they can help a lot. So that's my advice on showers. Cool. Uh, that, I, I think the environmentalism is is the thread that I'm going to pick up on here. And we t- we talked about sailor showers. I don't know. It's a probably pretty outdated term, but essentially the sailor showers are when you use minimal water for your shower. So you you get wet, get you go in, get your body wet, then you turn the water off while you get soaked up. Head and body soaked up and you turn the water on to rinse off. And that's the only time the water is on. And the fun, if you want to make it fun, just like when Oliver earlier talked about etiquette stuff in the dining hall, um, you got to make it fun. You can't just be like, Today, we're always going to hold our pinky fingers up while holding our fork or, or you know, we're, we're going to sailor, uh, sailor shower because it's good for the environment. You got to make it fun some way. So the, the challenge that we did um, was that you could only talk or sing when the water is off. So as soon as the water turned on, that's when you could talk or sing. But when it was off, uh, you uh, 
sorry, as soon as the water was off, that's when you could talk or sing. Um, but as soon as it went on, you had to be quiet. And that encouraged kids because they like talking and singing and doing fun stuff to shower quickly and to save water in that way too. You've inspired me to print off the lyrics to all those super popular sea shanty songs that have been mm. on like TikTok and stuff. Put those up in the shower. And then when the kids are in the shower, they sing the sea shanty songs um out loud which i think would be a lot of fun it just seems to fit really well yep all right um but showers are done cabin chats are over and it's time to quiet down in the cabin um so sometimes this has some flashlight time into it sometimes we're going straight to bed afterwards because we already had a little bit of flashlight time but this is that little bit where campers are getting into the bunk and they're going to relax at the end of the night um <clears throat> so this is what I say you can do is tuck each camper in. Um, that means you're going to go around to each bunk. You don't actually have to tuck them in, but you're going to check in with them, right? Um, you might say, you know, thank you for, you know, your behavior at this point in the day, or it might be sharing a memory with them that you had, right? Like, oh man, I really, that fish you caught today in the lake was incredible. Nothing was huge. Um, I hope you can catch another one tomorrow, right? I'll giving them something to look forward to. And maybe just noticing something positive as well, right? Man, I couldn't believe how delicious dinner was tonight. Just so that they can start to think about, like, what are things that they can be grateful for when they go to bed at night? Um, a lot of us suffer from anxiety. And usually that anxiety comes from, um, you know, did I do something right that day? Or um, it, what is this thing that's coming tomorrow that I'm worried about? And having someone who is your counselor, a role model, and a mentor coming around to you before you go to bed and saying, hey, you were awesome today. You were great. Um, we don't need to worry about that tomorrow. Or um, that thing that we're going to do tomorrow, we're all going to do together. Mm -hmm. um, you have help. Those will help so much with some camper who might be struggling with anxiety before they go to bed. Um, and really, I should, I'm thinking about it right now. Maybe we'll put it in the show notes, but some type of acronym so you can be like, all right, cool. What do I need to think about when it's time for me to say goodnight to all my campers? A little quick, like, um, what are my letters? So maybe I'll check the show notes. There might be a surprise waiting for you. I'm inspired to make a staff training. So, um, <laughs> Matt, what are you doing with your quiet hours? Well, Oliver, can I give you uh, an acronym that one of our one of the friends of the Go Camp Pro podcast teaches us? Of course. Uh, so our friend Michael Brandwine uh, teaches DLP, right? Describe, label, and praise. And that is uh, not, not exactly for what you should, uh, like a, a blueprint for what you say, but if you want to praise somebody or tell them that they're great, you describe the action, you describe what they did, you label the quality that they showed, and you give them a little bit of praise for it. So you say... Um, Oliver, when you climbed the rock wall today, even though you were a little bit scared, you showed incredible bravery that way. And I hope you're so proud of yourself because that was amazing. And then you're being very specific about that type of that type of praise. Um, so Oliver, I can see you're working on an acronym. So you have the time from when I start talking about my idea. I, I'm going to put the pressure on you. You're, you are a Go Camp Pro podcast host, Oliver. So that means you have to be good at acronyms. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you work on that while I speak. Um, okay. Two tips for quiet hours here. One is that um, 
often at the first day of camp, it is hard for campers to want to go to bed. They're, they're full of energy. They're a little nervous. They're feeling a little goofy. And uh, the one thing that I, I learned that was really successful was that you start really firm with your no talking rules. So if 930 is the time or whatever time that you set, you tell the campers, okay, you have five minutes. That's it to chat. If you can wrap it up in five minutes, and I'll give you lots of warnings, uh, if you can wrap it up in five minutes, then the next night you'll get 10 minutes, and the next night you'll get 20 minutes, and the next night you'll get 30 minutes or 40 minutes, and you can give them more time as they go, but by starting firm, they understand where it is. And it might take them a couple nights at five minutes until they start to build up that time. But making sure that you're being consistent and being firm about those things will help you set a good precedent for the rest of the week as you go forward. People talked about it like a um, like a bear trap. You start really tight and then you open up slowly uh, as you go for the rest of the week. Also, at your quiet hours, this is the perfect opportunity for you as a counselor to do what we used to call porch talks with our co. Um, we would literally walk out on the porch and usually this is a good time while campers are getting changed and we would walk out with our co and we would say to the, the campers, we'd say, hey, you have X number of minutes. Make sure you're quiet after those minutes. We shouldn't be able to hear you on the porch after those minutes. Um, and then we would check in with each other and we would ask how each other are doing or how the day went. Was there anything that happened that was frustrating or anything that I can do to be a better co? That was a really critical time that we said had to happen. So every counselor every night was checking in with their co-counselor, or if they were in a group of three, they were checking with the group of three, or if for some reason they were on their own, they'd be checking in with a director or something like that. So that before the night passes, that they have a chance to either get something off their chest or unpack something that they need to. So they're not going to bed feeling anxious or crappy about something that happened during the day. So without further ado, Oliver, what is the acronym that you came up with for rituals to do at the end of the night with your campers? I feel like a good camp pro because I think I came up with a pretty decent acronym in a matter of minutes. I think you, you talked a little bit to get me some time, but here we go. So my acronym for when you're putting campers to bed at night, a final check-in with them is SNAT. So it's S-N-A-T, which is share a memory, notice a great action, assess how they felt about their day, and think about their needs for tomorrow. Ooh, so good. So good. It's not bad. Not bad, right? All right. So uh, I'm not going to count that as my angle, but that's where we're going now. So we're going to go into our ever-growing, ever-learning. It's how we end each show. It's a trick, a tip, a game, or a song for counselors to use to be better every day. And Matt, what is your quick little trick, tip, song, or what do you got? I think you have a game, right? I do have a game. Yes, this is a, a card game. I think one of the best things you can keep with you as a camp counselor is a, a deck of cards. In this game, there's a couple different names for it, uh, names that probably should have been retired a long time ago. So I will call it Slap Down, and you might know it as some different things. Essentially, it's kind of like the game of war, but for many people playing at once. Um, kind, of, but kind of. I guess it's not really the same. But anyway, you're sitting in a circle with a bunch of people, and you deal out the entire deck of cards. The goal is to get all the cards, or the most by the end of the game. Everyone lays down a card one at a time, and it, on a certain condition, you slap the middle pile. Anyone can slap the middle pile and take all the cards in the middle. And those conditions, you can make them as intricate or as basic 
basic as you want, depending on the age of the camper. But the basics ones are if there's a double, so you know, a, a jack, then a jack, somebody slaps the pile and they get to keep all the cards. Um, you could do add to 10. So if two cards add to 10, a two and an eight, a three and a seven, or whatever, then you slap the pile. You can do runs. So ace, two, three. Or ace three two could count as a run two if you want to be super crazy about it. Um, or sandwiches, so like a two ten two is a sandwich. Uh, you slap the deck for that. There's a bunch. Or the, the queen of spades, you always slap for that. There's a bunch of different things. And if you miss slap, then you have to sacrifice one of your cards to the current deck in the pile. And the great thing about the game is that even when you're out, you're not out because if you run out of cards, you can always slap back in and get the cards back. Um, and you might be saying that I go a little bit overboard with game rules, but anyway, you might be saying, but Matt, what if somebody just slaps all the time and they don't have any cards they have to give up? We put in the, the no two slap penalty. Every time if, if you miss slap twice, when you have no cards, then you have to wait a certain amount of time before you can slap it again. So somebody's not just slapping all the time. Cause there's always that one camper. And I I'm probably ashamed to admit that I was probably that camper that I was just like, ha ha ha, I'll come back in all the time. Um, but just gamify the rules so that they can't do that. That's my angle. Call the game slap down, call it whatever you want, but it's super easy, super fun to play with kids. Oliver, what is your angle? Okay, um, mine is an item that you can have. Um, you can walk around with. I have it right here. Mine is an apron. Super easy. If you're on YouTube, you can see it. Um, it has a dragon on it because it's the Welsh dragon. This was gifted to me by a staff member who's from um, that wonderful place of called Wales. Uh, and I now collect ones from all over the world, which I think is really cool. You got me started in the collection. Cool. But... Why Why an apron, you ask? Why, as a counselor, do I need an apron? Well, for a couple of reasons. One, um, are you going to go work in arts and crafts? You don't want to ruin your nice camp shirts? Yeah, grab an apron. Um, are you running outdoor cooking and you want to look the parts? Yeah, grab an apron. Um, are you just walking around camp and want to look cooler than everybody else? Grab an apron. <laughs> and And... If you are trying to pretend to be a superhero that day and you need a quick cape, grab an apron. Uh, they're right there. They're fantastic and they work for it. So my little trick for you today is the many multitudes and uses of aprons to keep you clean, to keep you tidy. And people like don't think about it, but like aprons have pockets on them to so add like a whole pocket, maybe two to your arsenal. Uh, it's incredible. Um, don't, don't talk down the apron. Um, the one thing I will say is don't like walk around shirtless with your apron and count that as a shirt. That's like a, that's a weird no. no. <laughs> you also, you also can't go into the kitchen like that. Just so you know, you gotta have sleeves, kitchen rules. It's yeah. not, that sounds like um, you're speaking, you're speaking from experience, maybe Oliver. Nope. Nope. Never. Yeah. Would <laughs> speak from experience on that one. Yeah. Um, but um, so I can quickly change the topic and end the show before anything else gets out. <laughs> if you enjoyed today's show, we would be so grateful if you left us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Your ratings and reviews not only let us know what you like and don't like about the show, but it helps boost our ratings and helps more people discover what we talk about here, which in turn makes more first-class counselors. So, <clears throat> Matt, take it, take it away. 
Well, I was, I was going to say, Oliver, based on um, this apron conversation, I will say that if you leave us a five-star rating on uh, Apple Podcasts, then Oliver will send you a picture of him just wearing an apron. That's a, a new promotion happening right now. Um, so, or, or Oliver won't send you that picture. You can choose whether you would like a picture or would not like a picture. If you leave us that five-star rating, I'll give you the choice. Uh, don't forget that you can find all of our show notes at gocamp.pro slash first-class counselors. There's lots of great stuff there. And if you go to gocamp.pro slash podcast, you will see all of the awesome shows we are offering in the GoCamp Pro podcast network that we are super proud to be a part of here on First Class Counselors. We are grateful to uh, the big boss man, Travis Allison, for giving us a shot. And now we are four seasons in with helping people become First Class Counselors. So we are so grateful to him. Um, and we are truly standing on the shoulders of the giants of all the other podcasts on the network. So great to have us be a part of that. Yeah, I... Um, I'm waiting to get a text from Matt once his airs that says, we got a five-star review, buddy. You got to send a pic. Um, but with that being said, thanks for listening, friends. Camp is camp and camp is all good. First Class Counselors is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, Camp Pros. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a GoCamp Pro podcast, masterclass, from the Summer Camp Professionals Group, a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, it'll encourage camp pros to keep freely sharing their ideas and make the camp industry as a whole better.